is the Radically Christian Crosstalk Podcast, Episode 7. I'm your host, Wes McAdams, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing putting God first. But before we get into the show, I want to thank our sponsor, Campaign Capitol Hill, which is a grassroots effort by Churches of Christ aimed at raising awareness in the Brotherhood on the fine line between politics and religion, preaching the gospel to our nation's leaders, focusing on repentance and God's standard of morality, and reaching lost souls with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. You can find Campaign Capitol Hill on Facebook at facebook.com slash Campaign Capitol Hill or on their website at campaigncapitolhill.com for more information on how to join the march for God's Word. We had some technical difficulties while recording this week's episode and had to use audio from a backup source, so we sincerely apologize that the audio quality of this episode is not up to our usual standards, but I think you'll really enjoy the discussion that James Sumners, Sam Dominguez, and I had about putting God first. Here's that discussion. You know, one of the things that made me think about this topic was, I just... You know, even thinking about my family, do I put my family first? Um, there are many times that I struggle with trying to figure out the balance between all the different things that I have going on because I have uh, I have projects that I want to do for myself. I have a little Bible app that I want to build, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. And I want to, you know, translate my own Bible. <laughs> don't give up that. There's always time. But uh, you know, and then. I've got I've got three kids and a wife, and they all need my attention. They need me to be um, they need me to be someone who shows them an example of how to live and how I put God first. I mean, it's not just about me putting God first, but if I'm not setting the right example, then my children will not see it. And what what good is it for me to teach my kids to follow Jesus if they see well, Daddy doesn't really follow Jesus. Daddy doesn't really care about God. Daddy isn't really religious. He just pretends to be. I mean, that's not what I want to pre- uh, present to my kids. I want to be able to present to my kids the fact that I I love God and I do put Him first. And that, and that, but but then you know I struggle with that because I you know I've got other things that I that I need to do as a as a deacon. I've got I've got uh, jobs that I have to do. And uh, balancing that with uh, with family and and uh, and then uh, also focusing on my time with God, all those things sometimes like it gets kind of money. Even in you know that's that's the other thing. Even in service to God, sometimes I can allow the water to get muddy. I can forget that actually I'm not. Uh, I don't just have this little job to do. I'm actually serving God. I'm doing this because I love God. Sometimes in service to God, I kind of forget that I'm serving God. That makes well, sense. You know, sometimes we uh, we end up glorifying the work instead of the God we're supposed to be glorifying by the work, and it becomes far more important to do these tasks or these jobs. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about it with you guys many times before, how occasionally we can uh, create an environment where Christianity becomes the quote-unquote work of the church. Uh, all the things that we do corporately together under the direction of elders rather than being my my personal responsibility and devotion to my Lord and Savior. But, you know, it's, it's funny you're talking about your, your kids and how am I teaching them that I'm following God? And But you kind of created a distinction there that doesn't really exist because it's not that if they see you do those things, they think, oh, well, Daddy's not religious or he doesn't, He's not following God. 
Because the truth is, they don't know what it is to follow God. They don't know what God's uh, real requirements are. And instead, what they learn is the positive of that, which is, this is the way to follow God. And so you, you have, you know, taught them an incorrect thing that they will then pick up as being the positive. They will think, well, if this is the way Daddy worshipped God, then this is the way I should worship God. Mm -hmm. If Daddy categorized God as something that fit into some slot in his life, well, then that's the way you're supposed to do it. And you know, we all have done that from time to time, but we all also know a great multitude of Christians for whom that is their religion. Their religion is something that is a part of their life. Mm -hmm. It is not their life. It is a part of their life. Their work is a part of their life. Their family is a part of their life. Their hobbies and interests are a part of their life, and their religion is a part of their life. And, you know, the daily struggle is shuffling which one's on top today and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we, if, if we're not doing this properly, then we are teaching our kids the wrong way to, to put God first in their lives. Right. We, we, we tend to look at it like God is, we hate to put God in a box, but, you know, we, we do. We put God in a box and we say, okay, we've got this box in our, in our life and that box in our life. And then we try to balance things out. And it's like, no, no, no. God isn't something to balance out against other things in our life. He is Colossians three and verse four. Christ is your life. That that's the way we are to live. And so, I think you know I, I think about it sometimes. Like you know, I've got a, a six year old and a four year old wrestling with my boys is important God honoring time. And sometimes I feel like, and I don't know if this is where you were going, James, or not. But you know, I feel like. My, my kids need to see me sacrificing time with them to honor God. You know, it's like, well, daddy has to go to the hospital now and visit sick people, or daddy has to go and study the Bible with these people. And I, I want them to, to admire that and, and want them to grow up to, to make sacrifices for the Lord. And, and I think that to a certain degree, that's okay. But, but I would much rather me spend time with them glorifying God, honoring God by how and, and the way in which I, I interact with my boys and so wrestling with them and teaching them you know how to take care of each other how to treat each other how to how to be men that is God honoring time and and I think that you know first Corinthians 10 what whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God I think that that is something we have to keep in mind that 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 our relationship with God touches everything that we do and everything we do should touch our relationship with God well, you know, so many people, and, and you, you'll hear it in every Bible class that talks about this, you'll hear it from the pulpit, you'll just hear it in spiritual conversations that people have. It, it, anytime you are discussing putting God first, you end up in a discussion of how to prioritize your life, which is entirely the wrong discussion. Prioritizing your life has nothing to do with putting God first. Instead, it needs to be a discussion about the kingship of God. Mm -hmm. He is either the king and master of your life, or he is not. That's not an aspect of prioritization. It's not how he fits in with anything else, or even how anything else fits in with him. It is simply who he is and responding appropriately and done. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it reminds me of your lesson from this morning. It was so excellent. I loved how you, you ended with talking about how the Levitical priests you know, their, their portion of the promised land was nothing but God. It was, I am your portion. I am your inheritance. I am the prize for you. And of course, that applies directly to us because we are the priesthood now. 
And to be able to look at that, that clarified so well in my mind, this idea of how nothing else in your life gets prioritized because people say, well, well, but if you don't properly prioritize, well, then you, you might lose that job. Yeah, I might. I might, and that's okay. And that's not to say that I should be lazy or any of these other types of things, mm -hmm. but my job doesn't get prioritizing with God. And if that means that I lose my job, so be it, I lose it. That can mean that you lose relationships with people. That means you can lose family members. And if you say the Lord is my portion, then you're okay with those things. Mm -hmm. Now that's not to say that I do that. It's not to say any of us successfully do that every single day, but that has to be what we're striving for. We can't be striving for balance. We can't be striving for a proper prioritization. We have to be striving for the Lord is my portion end of story mm -hmm. uh, I, I think about Romans 12 1 and 2 you know he says that our, our bodies are a living sacrifice to God and this is your spiritual service of worship and the way I understand that service of worship idea is like the the Levites uh, that were that were doing work in the temple that that was their their service of worship it wasn't worship in the sense that we think of worship but it was it was God honoring service. It was religious service. Maybe that might be the, a better way to, to put it, religious service. And what an what a awesome concept that is, that as Christians, all of our life, everything that we do should be religious service to God. It all is a, a sacrifice to Him. And, and we are, like you said, we are a royal priesthood. And everything that we do in our life ought to be service unto the Lord. It ought to, but that that sanctifies all of our work. I mean, I work full time as an evangelist, a preacher, but the work that you guys do, the world says that's secular, but the Bible says it's not. It's not secular. You don't get to divide and say, well, this is religious work and this is secular work. If you're doing it to the, the glory of God, you're doing it in service to God, then it is religious work. And all of us Ought to be ought to think of everything we do. If we're pushing a broom or we're typing keys on a keypad, we ought to be doing it unto the glory of God. Yeah. Sometimes we, when I when I meet somebody new, I I usually ask them, so so what do you do? Not to, not who are not really like who are you. I'm not trying to get. To, I, I want to know what kind of stuff you do. What what is your job? What's your occupation? Mm -hmm. and, and we usually, at least I do. I usually think of myself as a uh, as a husband, a father, uh, a son, uh, a software engineer. Uh, uh, it's like your both your Twitter bio and your tombstone. It's weird how those things seem to align. <laughs> Apple user. I'm all these things. Who is a Christian? But that's that's the reverse of how we should think of ourselves. We are Christians who happen to be. Um, software, I happen to be a software engineer. I like Apple stuff. And I, I do this and I do that. I'm a big, huge Star Wars fan, sort of. But, uh, uh, you know, all these things. Wow, that was stuff. such an unnecessary qualifier. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very disappointed by that sort of thing. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. But, you know, we, we kind of get ourselves confused as to what we should put first. And, and then sometimes I think about it, but then I'm like, well, if I actually say that, well, how will people react to that? They might feel uncomfortable and say, well, I'm a Christian. And then what? Okay, what does that mean? Because uh, you know, I mean, that's that's how my brain says. Well, if someone asks, well, what do you do? Well, I'm a I'm a Christian. It's like, well, what is? How do you? I mean, how do you how do you do that instead of saying, 
How do we, how do we define ourselves? I mean, that is is that not a, a tremendous issue in society, uh, and has been for many many years, is as how you define yourself, and and for the vast majority of of men, we define ourselves by our profession, or lack thereof. Uh, for a lot of women, they define themselves by either their profession or, or by their family, <clears throat> or by their children, or any number of things. Children tend to define themselves by their parents. Mm -hmm. Well, who are you? Well, I'm Sam's son, or what have you. Sam's son, not Samson, unless that was his name, but it's not. <laughs> but anyway, alliteration for the women. But, you know, we we as, as Christians shouldn't have that struggle for how we define ourselves. Mm -hmm. And yet we do constantly, and we're constantly doing, like James said, making uh, ourselves these hyphenated Christians of I'm well, I'm this Christian or I'm that Christian, and, or I'm a Christian who does these other things instead of simply saying I define myself by that commitment I made when I put on Christ, mm -hmm. and that's it. I by taking on His name, that was the one and only definition that I take for myself. That is the only name that I carry, and yet why? Do we feel unsatisfied by that? What if, you know, I mean, the implications and the application of what we're talking about here is huge. Because what if we as dads impress that upon our, our children, even as far as what they do for a living? Because most of the, most young people choose what they want to do for a living. One, what they enjoy. Two, what they're, they're good at. Uh, three, you know, what's going to make them money. And it's probably in the reverse order of that. You know, and, and, and so most people decide what they want to be based on how much money it's going to make them. And, and obviously making money to provide for your family is important. But as Christians and as people that are training our, our children to be Christians, it ought to be what can you best do to bring glory to God? I mean, we belong to the Lord. Our hands belong to the Lord. Our mind belongs to the Lord. God has uniquely designed you and given you talents and abilities how can you use those things to God's glory? It's not about the money. God, if you use your, your might and you do everything you can to serve and glorify the Lord in a way that is in keeping with what he's laid out in Scripture, you are going to earn money for your family, chances are. Um, but but it's not about getting rich, and it's not about you know all of these things that the world makes it about. But but we say okay, I, I'm going to decide what I want to be based on what I'm good at and how much money I can make, and, and then I'll try to figure out how to squeeze God in there somewhere. Meaning I'll go to worship on Sundays, you know. If that, if unless, that, unless it conflicts with travel to take my kids to a sport thing yes. or work requires me to leave town or you know go down the other list of things and, and see that that's that's why that discussion of of god's kingship in our lives putting god first can't be a discussion of priorities because for every christian who has determined to prioritize their life and put god on top they have inevitably fallen into the struggle of except this time mm -hmm something comes up that makes you have to decide mm -hmm. between the two. And it's not that you can't make the correct decision in that time. You can. But you shouldn't even be in the situation where you're trying to choose between the two. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you properly understand who God is and properly view Him in your life, then all of the rest of these things go away. And we understand that 
we understand the true meaning of success in life and how it has absolutely nothing to do with our employment or lack thereof. It has nothing to do with our, our success in the terms of, well, I got married and I had kids. Well, not every successful Christian gets married and has kids. <laughs> not, not everybody has jobs. Not everybody has any type of success in the world's terms. But if we properly understand success in God's terms, then we can be okay with all of these things. And we were looking at, I keep plugging Isaiah, read it, it's good. Um, Isaiah chapter, five stars. And read it slowly. Um, chapter 49 and 53 and 54, there's some, there's a lot of good stuff in there when it talks about, talks about the rewards and, and Isaiah in chapter 49 at one point talking about how he's, he's, uh, He's been God's uh, speaking God's word, and he feels like he's doing it all in vain. Nothing's coming from it. It's not doing anything. He feels like all his strength is gone. And then God, then uh, later on, he says, "But, but God honors me. God is my strength." And 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 that's the thing that I think what you're saying is, in essence, you know, eh, going on to I think it's chapter fifty three. 54 and it's uh, talking about the suffering servant and you see you see an image of what we come to understand as Jesus and, uh, we, and we, we just imagine Jesus and, and how much he went through and everything that he suffered and it's amazing to even think that when God says follow me he's not just saying he's not saying be, be big and amazing like me no he's saying be humble and meek like me and it doesn't even make sense when you have this big awesome God and then he becomes something small we see Jesus and he goes through sorry he goes through and he uh, um, um, he becomes humbled he he is spit on he's got thorns on his head he's got people beating him he he is not respected for who he is he's treated with other utter disrespect um, the fact that he looks like something other than a man um, because he's beaten and, and worn down so much, and yet that is the picture of success in a sense. Because what he accomplishes is the glory of God. Throughout his life, that's his goal: is the glory of God, the glory of God, the glory of God. Glorifying yourself, and you use me to do that. And and it doesn't matter what it looks like as a person. As it doesn't look, matter what it looks like as a man, as a human being. It may look horrible, but that's but sometimes that's what that's what it looks like to be a servant of God. And yet and yet he honors those. He honors us and lifts us up. And and going on in, in those verses in chapter fifty four, I think it goes on to say that that he gives God gives his portion gives the portion of Jesus to those who follow him. And that's the that's what's waiting for us too. If we can if we can hold on to that. So I mean let me, let me uh, ask you guys in this particular sense because each of us have uh, different types of work that we do. Uh, we have families that need our time and need our attention. We have hobbies and interests. We have entertainments that we like to participate in. What do we do when we feel a burden of spirituality about those things? What do we do in the sense of, you know, I, I feel the burden of needing to take my family on a vacation 
for entertainment and for fun and for all of these different types of things, how do I even know how to make sure my kids understand how we glorify God in these circumstances? Is it purely by example? Are there things that we can say to our family while we do these things? Is it the type of thing that if we feel guilty about it all, we should just never do it? You know, what, what do you guys think about these things? Because we're, we're going to expend time in all of these circumstances. So how do we go about ensuring that we are glorifying God? And not only that, that the people who see us in these activities understand that we're doing it to God's glory. Because it's so easy for me to, to be a, a Christian at work in the sense of, well, they don't see me doing bad things. Mm-hmm. But how do they understand that I'm doing this to God's glory, a positive thing, you know, a proactive thing. How do my kids understand our hobbies and our free times and doing those to God's glory in a proactive sense, rather than just saying, well, well, that's how you should be feeling about it inside. Well, how do we make sure that's what's happening and how do we communicate that? I think several things came to my mind when you were saying that. One is I, I do think that there has to be verbal. It has to be verbal. And I think that so much of it comes back to why are we doing what we're doing? And, and I used to tell people, you know, if, you know, t- especially t- teaching to teenagers when I was doing youth ministry, you know, if, if we're supposed to do everything that we do for the glory of God, then even our resting has to be for the glory of God. But it has to be intentional. Otherwise, it's just resting. Otherwise, it's just being a couch potato. But if I say to myself, and in the case of being a father, if I say to my children, now listen, guys, we're going to take this vacation with the with the purpose of resting why well wh- why do we charge up our cell phones at night so that it, they can get recharged and so that they can be of, of more use and of more value and i think we've got to tell our you know and i'm saying that i don't know that i've ever told my boys that but that's a good thing that would be a good thing for me to start doing you know look at them and say guys it's important that we go on vacation because we all need some time where we can just recharge and, and rest and then we can come back and we can be of even more use for God. And and so this is our time to rest. But I think another part of that is what you do when you're there. I think so many families, they'll, they'll go to a, an amusement park or they'll go, you know, off somewhere. They don't go to worship, you know, and, and they miss out on those times to go to worship. Well, we, we said prayers, you know, at our... Well, you should be doing that every evening anyway. Why would you? Why would you teach your your children that this is for God's glory? Yet you're going to miss the Lord's day in spending time with with other Christians and introducing them to their brothers and you know their potential brothers and sisters. All, all of these things that if it really is for God's glory, you don't take a break from worship, you know. And so I think that's another thing. And I think you know even just like prayer at meal times. I think you know you you mentioned coworkers and stuff. I think that that's one way that they see us. They see us bow our head. They see us saying prayers, whether we're on vacation with our family or whether we're at work, and we bow our head silently in prayer to pray before we eat. You know, not only do they see us not participating in the negative things that other people do, but they see us making everything we do about God, both verbally and through example. You know, I've I've had circumstances at work uh, where. At multiple different times, we have found out, oh, you know, remember those bonuses? Yeah, not anymore. Mm. Or you remember that pay raise you were supposed to get? Yeah, it's not going to happen this time. Oh, hey, our merit raises are barely a fraction of what they were, you know, all of these types of things. Basically, we've had lots of circumstances where our compensation for work has 
not been as as uh, good as you had expected it to be or, or even wanted it to be. And, you know, there's a lot of people whose reactions to that is to say, well, uh, my productivity just woo, took a nosedive right down there. And if they want that productivity to come back up, well, they know exactly how to bring it back to me. I, I just rubbed my fingers together to indicate money, which doesn't really translate well to an audio podcast. But anyway, you know, they know how to, how to spark me back to activity. And there's always that temptation that's there. But, you know, in the workplace, I've, I have told my managers on different occasions, it's like, well, you know, I'm disappointed in that. That would have been helpful. That would have been nice or, or what have you. But when I do my work here, I do it as for the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do my best no matter what. There's not going to be a circumstance where I do less than my best. You know, if there's a circumstance that comes up that says, well, I'm no longer going to work for this company that's one thing that's a different decision Mm -hmm. but so long as I have agreed to do work for this company I'm going to do my absolute best and that's because I'm I'm doing that work to God's glory and so I've I've communicated that to those particular people but I think it would behoove me to to better communicate that you know okay Sam why when we just needed to swap these two computers did we yank all of the cables out out of the cable trough and now this whole interconnect and everything and rerun it all the way you wanted it and down through the floor the way it was supposed to be why did we fix the whole mess that was there when all we had to do was do that Mm -hmm. because that's the way i want to do my work you know and whether it's this type of work or whether it's the work that i do for the lord i'm not going to just walk by and say well someone else made this mess so i'm not going to bother cleaning it up and i can do that really effectively at work but man, I don't think I properly communicated that at home and certainly not during my rest times, like you were saying. But you know, one thing you just said that made me think how, how easy, and it goes back to the conversations we've had on the podcast already, but how easy is it in those types of situations where in our head we're thinking, this is what God requires of me. God requires of me to be the best employee that I can be. If God required slaves to work for their masters as unto the Lord, then he certainly requires that of me as, an, as a paid employee. But... At the same time, when our coworkers say, wow, you're really going above and beyond, how easy is it for us to say, yeah, you know, that's, that's just the kind of guy I am, you know? and Because and, I'm a Christian. Right, well, and, <laughs> not even to say because I'm a Christian. I mean, we, we, we might say that, but in a proud way. But, you know, what if we took those types of opportunities to say, listen, you know, I feel exactly like you. I really don't, I really don't want to do this, but I know it's the right thing to do. And God is my real boss. I work for the Lord. And, you know, I realized nobody would ever know if we did this right or wrong, but the Lord knows, and I work for Him. You know, those little opportunities that, you know, especially out in the quote-unquote secular world, out in the world, um, you know, it feels very awkward to say something like that, but but how many opportunities do we have that, that come across our desk, so to speak, to say those kind of things, and we don't, because instead of there's an opportunity to look good because we're just, you know, going above and beyond and, and we throw away the opportunity to look good and we, we, we start to look like a holy roller. You know, we look like somebody that, you know, that, wow, you're taking that religious stuff a little too far. But that's what it is to, quote unquote, put the Lord first, you know, in those opportunities. He used to say that I, I work I work for God and I just get my paycheck from uh, XYZ Incorporated. But uh but you know that's that's something that I don't say anymore unfortunately I, I wish I, I I need to get back in the habit of saying that 
But another thing that uh, I was thinking about is how I talk to my kids about what, you know, when I go home, I talk to Shayla about what I did today and I talk to my kids about my projects. I tell them about my projects. They always want to know what I did. And, and how much of that, again, do I talk to them about, well, I spent some time in prayer today. Well, I, I saw something, I saw something that happened today that concerned me. You want to pray, pray about it? I mean, those are things that we can do with our kids that we show them even more than just, you know, well, what I did today to say, hey, you know what, I saw something today that concerned me, something bad happened, or friends, uh, you know, I, I unfortunately, I don't usually think like that. I'm thinking like it right now because we're talking about this. That's but, right. But, uh, but those are the kinds of things that I think we could do to uh, to really show our children and to, to be, <clears throat> and, and just for ourselves, I mean, if, if nothing else, just to say, you know what, I'm going to serve God. So when something comes up, I'm going to do something about it. When when I see, I hear someone says, "Man, my 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 mother or my aunt or somebody's sick, and we don't know what they're going to do." I'm usually like, "Yeah, that's too bad." I don't just say, "You know what? Well, you know, I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for them right now." Um, I need to do that more often and just say, "You know what? There's nothing more important." I don't. I have a job that's like, I've got like lots of crazy stuff going on right now because of this guy over here, but I'm not gonna, you can't see who I'm pointing at, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I've got a lot of work to do right now. And so many times I just, I, I'm like a horse with blinders on. I just focus and I do my job and I'm excited about it. And I do want to do it to glorify God. But again, like I said before, even in, in, in our worship to God, even in our service to God, if we forget that we're serving, that really what we want to do is glorify Him, not just serve Him, glorify Him in that service, then then it, it all becomes me. It doesn't matter if I'm really good at my job and I desire to, to serve God. It, it matters, is, am I really thinking about it? Am I really taking time to say, you know what, there are more important things right now maybe than the job that I have to do. Maybe I need to stop and say a prayer. Maybe I need to stop and... Uh, uh, just talk to, to one of my coworkers and comfort them in, in their time of need. Uh, maybe I need to just stop being in a hurry to do the jobs that I have to do that may involve the Lord. How many of us have talked to our children about you know why we go to work and you know, why we have to spend time away from them? You know, as, as so you could eat. <laughs> well, yeah, we say we say things like that, you know, but we also try and, and communicate to our children you know, where their blessings come from, right? And we try not to teach them that they come from daddy's employment place. Mm -hmm. You know, no, no, God provided this. God, you know, provided this home and he provides this food. And they, but we, we can create this mental disconnect in them, you know, because they look around and say, well, but daddy, you used money to buy this and you used money to buy that. And you've said that you go to work because they give you money. You know, it seems it seems like money makes the all these things happen. And well, yes, but but it's God that provided all these blessings for us. And then our behavior about our work and our rest doesn't communicate that same idea. Mm -hmm. The idea of well, you know what, I am going to sacrifice unnecessary time with you so that I can finish that job that I'm working on. And things are bad at work, kid. Just don't bother me when I come home. I'm tired. I had a bad day. I don't want to have to wrestle you on the floor. I don't want to bash foam swords together all night long. You have no idea what I just had to do today. And everything about our attitude says 
that my blessings come from me and that effort that I put forth and we're not communicating to them no our blessings come from God and no matter what has happened at work and no matter what those requirements are they have nothing to do with my godly responsibilities to you to your mother to myself to my brothers and sisters in Christ it's not that it's a different priority it has nothing to do with it yeah. and when I come home if I have to spend time and energy in pursuit of God's will then that's what I'm gonna do without complaint and like you said that's really easy to say right now in this room talking to you guys why do I struggle being able to do that when I go home it's a great Guys, I, I, I hate to cut the conversation off. This is a really good... No, you give me an answer. <laughs> it's exercise week. Well, you know, Work I mean... Work out your spirituality. It, it, it all comes down to... It all comes down to the struggle to be faithful. And I mean, it all comes yeah. down to, you know, doing the right thing for the right reason without excuse, you know? And, and that we've, we've just got to be faithful. Faithful. And, and that means being a faithful dad, a faithful employee, and giving all the glory to God. Doesn't it, doesn't it mean taking the time to think about it. Right, absolutely. And that, that's, that's really the key, yeah. you know, is taking the time to think about it. You're not always going to be successful, but if you take the time to think about that, even when you make the mistakes, you can go back to your kid and say, let me explain to you why daddy goofed up real bad last night mm -hmm. and, and make that thing right. We just have to be intentional. And that's part of why these spiritual conversations are so great yeah. because it makes us stop and think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. We hope this discussion inspires you to have these kinds of spiritual discussions with people in your life. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to discuss, please call and leave us a short voicemail at 707-238-2216. That's 707-238-2216. Remember, we love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day.